0: We are I. Welcome everybody to this edition of We Are I. We're sitting down here with Veronica U. Veronica is gonna be on our, our podcast here as one of our experts in nutrition. Today's episode, we're gonna to get to know Veronica herself a little bit more, You know her journey up into this point, what got her in this chair today, and then why she's gonna be on our podcast as a part of our panel discussion in the future where we really get into some of these nutrition topics, uh, individual foods, individual spices, and then hot nutrition trends along the way. So Veronica, welcome to the podcast hi so just to kind of get into the nitty-gritties you know where where did you start in all this like what brought you into nutrition into health and fitness and you know break it down to us right from the the day you were born up into the point you're sitting in this chair today
1: oh god please you know what I really appreciate this moment whether you're sitting down and talk about my timeline basically from when I was born until now and please, I know that some of the listeners, when they listen this one, who cares about Veronica? I don't even know the person, but this is the key. Just listen my bio, how I get into fitness, and I believe it will really inspire and maybe you can add some value in daily your life activity and your lifestyle absolutely yeah absolutely and you know a big part
0: of all of our listeners and listeners in general and I know for myself is you know we all connect with people in a little bit of a different way and you know that's why I feel it's so important for people to come on the podcast and share their story because you know people might not connect with your entire story but there will be a portion that we'll all connect with and you know in the future when you come on and you know we really get into these discussions you know I want people to have that connection with you because I also think it's very important so um Bring us into childhood. You know, what were you like? Were you athletic? Were you not athletic? Were you into nutrition? Was your supportive household? Like, fill us in. everything, wrong. Yes. Here you go.
1: The first, when I was born, I have to tell my parents, thank you so much. Because the reason why, I was born naturally. There's no C-section. Right there, I got advantage for my health. Absolutely. And after that, she breastfed me over a year. That's mm-hmm. another advantage. Absolutely. And from there when I was growing up because I grew up in South Korea in Seoul the back day, back in the day I can tell there's no processed food. Mm-hmm. Air was different. Water was different. And I grew up with the dirt. And I grew up with organic food. When I was sick. And not like, even organic food, just regular Yeah, regular just food. Not- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. And especially when I was sick, I didn't go see a conventional doctor. I went to see homeopathic doctor. It's Eastern medicine. So I got those herbs. And every spring and winter, I got those uh, ginseng, red ginseng. My mom actually boiled and squeezed that. And then I had to drink for 10 days. And right there, I got so much advantage for my health since when I was little. So I appreciate my parents. I didn't know now i know how important it is and when i was a child i was very very skinny the food is the last thing i was worried about and all i remember it was just meat fish or many different type of vegetable and some of the are just a whole food like a potato and yam that's how i grow up
0: you know and a big part of that is just it's nutrient density and the small amount of food that you might have been eating you know where- somebody could eat an entire bag of potato chips now versus just a tiny little piece of fish that you ate then, and you'd still be further ahead than what they are. Yes. Yeah.
1: First time I had a cheesecake, that was when I was 27 years old, when I moved to Canada. How was that? Oh, I got sick for two days.
0: Good. (laughs) Hopefully it's one of those things where it's moments like that where we all fall back on and realize how that stuff is just so horrible for our body. Right. right?
1: But luckily, because my dad, he was Taekwondo master, the five dan. So I was kind of, when I was little, I learned a little bit of Taekwondo for a couple of years. And then I played golf as well. And I did, um, I played tennis as well. Time to time. But I was really skinny. Kids. But you were active. Very much so. I don't want to say I'm, because I'm a lot more active right now than before. Yeah. But before it was more like, because I go out with the other kids, play outside. And then before 6 p.m. I have to come home to eat.
0: But even think with that, you know, like most kids don't go outside now and parents won't even let them out even until 6 p.m.
1: Oh, trust me. If I have a cell phone back then,
0: I wouldn't go out. (laughs) (laughs) It's always so funny when you look at those things. If we knew then what we know now or if we had the things then what we have now, like would we have treated them the same way, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my turning point was um, when I was 26. I just want to continue studying. So I moved to Canada, Montreal, Quebec, and I went to university. I continued carry on my, um, my field, which is, it in, wasn't in fitness. And first thing I loved it because, oh my God, I don't have to report to my parents what time I'm coming home. I don't have to tell them what I'm eating. I don't have to tell them what time I go out and party. Mm-hmm. So it was pure freedom. So for from 26 years old until 30, I potty really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but at least at an age, though, you know, where your frontal
0: cortex is fully developed and you can perceive the world, you know what's going on. At least you weren't like 16 or 18, like what most people are. Like you could comprehend a lot of life going into it even if you were spending that time partying or you know kind of letting loose you had a better handle over that environment than what most teenage kids do
1: oh I agree with you because when I was 18, 19 I never been able once fast food restaurant yeah. or even coffee shop with the friends really? my parents they drove in front of my school picked me up went back home, studied sleep because the one thing that I appreciate to my dad since I was really, like, I think four or five years old, I don't want to say he brainwashed me. (laughs) More like he programmed me, trained me. Educated? He always taught me, when you start something, get it done. Yeah. Finish it. But finish it stronger. So I never actually start something and then incomplete it. I accomplished everything. So that one part is like, it carries until now. Even my life, everything I do, so that I really thanks to my dad. And other than that, let's go back to four years of my potty. So start. Let's reel 90. it actually. <laughs> let's reel it back a little bit before okay. that too.
0: What education did you receive in Korea? Like what what brought you? So you came to Canada with uh-huh. um, an education in health yes. and fitness. What what was that?
1: Like what? Oh, I did the fine art. Fine art, oh, and okay. I was in the fashion industry. Yep. So I was continuing actually carry that, um, my career. And I got bored because I was really good at it in the school. Even yeah. I graduated, I got a job, like just like one interview, not even second and third one. And I just go up really quickly. But at some point, like I get bored, like within two to three years when I just to go work. So I realized that that's not my passion. So for me, the most important thing that yes, I graduated number one again, when I actually left out the college, for fashion and uh, maquillage was in French, right? Because I was in Montreal. But after that, I was working, but I got bored. And then I met friends and then, okay, you know, I can go out at night, I can party. So what I did, my life, first time, I actually smoked hot, which is in Korea is illegal. As the, when I was growing up, somebody smoked marijuana. Back back then it was illegal (laughs) here too, so. Yeah, it's like you have to go to prison for four years. So for me, that's like a uh, really bad stuff. And then I get into smoking pot, and then I go to after hour weekend with the friends, and then I start taking ecstasy. I party everything. Mm-hmm. And then not three, four hours, overnight until next day. Mm-hmm. And then it never stopped. Go week after the other week. And then I think it's was about three, four years later, I just realized myself, I'm not happy anymore. I'm sick all the time. Actually, doctor was my best friend because I got sick all the time. Wow.
0: Yeah. and Which one, is so much different to how you grew up, not only, you know, because you never talked about being sick when you were young, but you did all these preventative things with your family mm-hmm. to prevent you from getting sick. You ate all this great food that was just food, but we labeled it as organic. Now you mm-hmm. lived the completely opposite lifestyle where you know now you're obviously starting to feel a lot of things inside yourself that you probably have never felt before when it comes to being sick like run down low Mm -hmm. energy all these kind of things right? I
1: had uh, all this allergy and the food allergy and sensitivity comes with and indigestion and plus um, depression and furthermore it's like uh, I catch cold and flu all the time not one or two times a year and then I look at myself one day I couldn't recognize myself. I wasn't really like an um, overweight big girl to begin with. I was pointed that my weight was 79 pounds. Yes. Wow. At that point, I'm, I really appreciate my ex-boyfriend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One day he grabbed me Veronica. I think we got to do something. So let's go to the gym. So I'm go. okay. I never went to the gym in my life. And And
0: how old would you been at this point? Close to 30? It was 29. 29. I went to
1: gym. It was YMCA, by the way.
0: (laughs) The standard start place?
1: Yes, but believe it or not, that was my aha moment. It was turning my life. And I look around the room, and I saw the people. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. They're working so hard. They sway some of the people. They're such a great muscle. They're big. Now that I think, well, they're not too big, but back then, when I look at them, it was so big. And even female, they're working so hard, they look strong. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I was 79 pounds, remember that. So I go, I pick up three pounds of dumbbell. That was heavy for me. Mm-hmm. And I start doing the bicycle. And I look at myself through the mirror. And I told myself, Veronica, today you start, and you're gonna finish finish stronger let's set up the goal and I told my ex-boyfriend and I look at the one magazine picture the fitness magazine picture that's one of the competitor bikini girl can I be like this one day said, so absolutely you can from that moment until now I haven't stopped really no I go to the gym it's my lifestyle the way I eat that's of course is my lifestyle I never look back
0: so when when you first walked in those gym doors like like right before that and around that time frame you know because we all get locked in this this image especially I think in like Western culture that if somebody looks like they're healthy you automatically assume they're healthy did did you have a lot of people think that like you were healthy even though 79 pounds is obviously a little low on that that spectrum but did you have a people think that you're healthy like you know why do you need to go to the gym like look you know like you're you're in good shape you're not overweight or there were people saying to you the opposite of that you know Veronica you need to gain some weight you're only 79 pounds we
1: need to do something to help you I'm very interested that's a good question this is the thing that I really want to talk about it looking good is one thing feeling good is another story absolutely and for me by the way even back then I didn't really listen and care what other people say. It's all about how I feel and how I look at it. So I wanted to prove to myself, I can do it, I can change it. Because I didn't feel good. So I want to feel good. So every time when I go work out and get out, I feel so good, then what do you do? You have to keep on doing because it makes me feel good.
0: That's how I start. Did you have any anxiety and depression or anything coming into your, your health and fitness journey?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. You know, beginning when I start, all about just, I want to just get better. I don't want to get sick. And then after that, when I look at that picture of all these fitness ladies, I want to look like that. So the best way to learn, doing it, Absolutely. I hire coaches. I decided to compete. It's nothing to do with making career. I just wanted to do it. I want to learn myself and my body. So I started. and along the way, I have to tell you this one, the first couple of a show, I did it, I went through nightmare. I was looking amazing. and by the way, I won all the show because awesome. I wanted to. my dad was also. To, what
0: told was me. your stage
1: weight? my um, stage weight first when I start in the bikini girl I was uh, 85 pounds 85 and then you're I keep tiny on on stage yeah still. because I have to reduce body fat Yep. and here's another thing people everybody even myself when I talk to my student about weight loss but actually nobody want to do weight loss weight loss I mean we don't care that you're losing muscle water fat we want to lose everything It's all come down to number but people really they want is a fat loss, which is we want to reduce excess of those body fat and we want to reduce unnecessary water. And we want to maintain or even build lean muscle mass. So fat loss is the right way to put it. And for me, when I started, I have a whole my life to build my body. 85 pounds, that's good. And then next thing, 90 pounds. 95 pounds when i break the 100 pounds that was oh my god it was really tough but i did it
0: well and that's that's
1: a hundred pounds
0: of like majority lean body mass that you put on like you're not talking 100 pounds like you're going to tim hortons to get some donuts and triple triples and also now you're 100 pounds like that was that was solid quality muscle that you put on that must have felt fantastic
1: but that take it took over 10 years just to build that Hundred pounds, just to break the hundred pounds, my weight.
0: But that's a that's realistic, though. Where a lot of people think they want that, you know, reading those magazine articles or those clickbait titles on the internet, gain mm. ten pounds of lean mass in ten days. And you know, it's a really key part of your story is that, you know, when you first walked in the in the gym doors, you were seventy nine pounds. You know, you probably lost like a little bit of fat from there, gained all this muscle, got to hundred pounds, but it took ten years to get there yes like that's realistic you know like that's what life's all about and that's what this this industry this you know going to the gym and having a Mm long-term goal that's what it's all about but you know we all get caught up in those i want it in 10 days or the seven minute abs or lose
1: 20 pounds in the next 10 minutes everyone please this is the one thing that i can tell you guys there's no secret to be fit it's all about the lifestyle you have to look at really this is the how you're going to live your life. The body transformed that way. That's it. So there's no quick fix. There's no like magic within a month or two months you're going to transform 100%. You will get better. But you have to continue to go that journey. If you don't like what you do, you can never keep. Or you can improve your physique. It's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, my, my story personally, like I this was probably had to be about 15 years ago now. I went with a group of friends and we were doing this 24-hour relay race on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I met these guys at the gym as a husband and wife and they asked me to come and I'm like, yeah, absolutely no problem. And I showed up at the race and, I had, and I'm had, i like, this is 24 hours. Obviously, I need to pack some food. So I bring my cooler with me of all my food. And they look at me, they're like, you do that on the weekend too? And that was my eye-opening moment back then of how short-term people look at what healthy really means, right? Right and that's the that's kind of the world we live in. we've come a long way since then mm-hmm. but there's there's a lot of that in our demographic that still lives it's like this is temporary this is only something I do for a short period of time or I can get this quick result and I don't have to do that anymore and not really just adopting the entire lifestyle as a whole
1: absolutely and we go back to where I start uh, bodybuilding and then I want to continue because um, I grew up with really like a good good environment eating the right food and then doing activity and educate from my parents what's the right way to live. And then I had a crazy moment in my life, three, four years. And that's really my health went to rock bottom. And then I realized, you know, anybody can change. It doesn't matter where I come from. And the second thing that I noticed after when I started to compete, I hired, I changed coaches, like I changed my underwear six times. Mm-hmm because every per show I hired different coaches and I wanted to learn even though I know that they made a mistake I still followed that's the only one way I can confirm that they made a mistake so I did that and I realized the first one two three years I had such a hard time I never obsessed with the food and after the show why am I so obsessed with the food I can eat the entire fridge after the show it's crazy and I have a certain this crazy craving even in the middle of the night I wake oh my god I want to have donuts and all this processed, the sugary food that I never grew up with and then I'm like I never gain weight so fast after the show I was gaining like boom seven to ten pounds for within a month it's not healthy at all absolutely so not. when I went back to the coach like listen this is happening no coaches really figure that out all day Neil is giving me the same diet that she or he give to other athletes. So then that got me to, you know what? I'm the only one solution. I can find what's wrong because I know how it feels when I eat stuff. That's how I get into nutrition. That's why I get into uh, PTS. And even that, like a graduate school, it didn't give me anything. I didn't believe in Canadian guidelines. I'm sorry. Well, you know (laughs) what? I think of a lot of people understood
0: where our food pyramid comes from and where the one in the States come from and yeah. even like where our DAs come from. Mm-hmm. I think people would be pretty shocked. And I think things like that need to be more openly discussed mm-hmm. because they aren't for everybody. You know, and it even brings me back to a point like where you made, where you hire different coaches all the time right. where you're not going to have and respond to the same coach for every show or, you know, even year after year, month after month, you know, you're not going to be able to eat the same as you gain more muscle. You have to train differently, eat differently, you know, you're not going to be on the same diet for the rest of your life. And, you know, reverse dieting wasn't even a thing back then, you know, and people are just starting to understand those things, you know, in the very recent past. So there's just, it's ever evolving and, you know, people typically... Thing. Like, you know, once I go on this diet, this is it for me. I have to stick to this or I failed. You know I'm going to hire this trainer, I have to be with that person, or I'm not going to be able to work out and don't want to seek different avenues. And you know, variety is so key.
1: Yes. And I really learned that every individual, my client, I tell them, you're the best doctor, you're the best nutritionist. You know how you feel. and trust your gut feeling. When you eat something, it doesn't agree with you need them no matter how much I push that or other people say especially Dr. Google everybody going to the doctor Google yes there's a lot of information out there but the problem is it's not targeting it's not talking about Blake it's Mm. not talking about Veronica's health it's very general information and all those studies out it can help people but I believe it make people confused
0: yeah, and I think a, a lot of that, too, what makes people confuse. is the internet is a great tool, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of personal opinion. You know, and if I think that what one thing that people should take away from the internet is not, I'm going to do this because it worked for that person. The takeaway is the variety. Right. If you look at 50 different people, 48 of them would probably have done something mm-hmm. different. And that's the key takeaway from it is not that I have to follow what person XYZ did or person one, two, three, like, you know, just understanding that it's a process. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. Everybody responds to Mm -hmm. foods differently. And, you know, even like you and I, like I have a Ukrainian background. So just, you know, a part of that, there's going to be some fundamental difference of, you know, the enzymes in our body being able to process food. Right. And, you know, like our, then we all come to Canada and we expect to eat the same way on this pyramid. We're just like, okay, now everybody's healthy. Now everybody can just go on with their day and, here's your three square meals and this is what they should be and that's it and right yeah
1: because you have to pay attention like whatever you eat how you can actually digest that food it, it is very important and I learned all those things but I went through the all this competition and then when I actually learn and then I apply to myself and I actually show with my client and I practice with my client and I realize oh no coaches after the show they actually take responsible and work with me to now, people talk about reverse diet. That's not even the right way to put it. all you have to do, because along the way, that when you actually do the competition, you can actually do the competition very healthy way. But most of the people what we do, this is a chicken breast you gotta eat. This is a broccoli you gotta have. Oh, save the white rice later when you do carb up. I'm like, I'm sorry. Everybody have a different digestive system. We have a unique body condition so maybe it's good for you to build the muscle for eating the chicken breast but then i cannot digest i feel bloated then what's the point when you feel bloated it means you better it's like you're not eating or you're eating junk food it's the same thing for your body so you can approach a healthy way to compete as well at the same time when you actually finish the competition many female male they go through this one the hormonal imbalance and that we have to fix that with what? With the food and lifestyle. So, people think, okay, even regular people, oh, I need to lose 30 pounds. Great! You have a goal. But when you set that goal, just to break that micro level. And they just do every day. If it's hard to do, you know, day to day, count every meal. If we have this meal good, great. And then see the next meal. So you have to just do the journey like a bit by bit and day to day. So after when you finish 30 pounds, okay, you lost 30 pounds. Are you going to go back to your old habit? Or meantime, when you lose that 30 pounds, you're going to build your new routine and continue go with it. That's the key. So for me, it doesn't matter if you're going to compete or are you just for yourself or health-wise, you want to lose weight or gain weight. It has to be the lifestyle.
0: Well, and that's for a week all have the responsibility when we're educating people and when we're talking to people day-to-day or our clients to really trying to take what is marketing mm-hmm. to sell stuff and what is actually going to be long-term successful. You know, because I know you probably fight the same battles that I do all the time where, you know, people want it right now. And it's just like we said, count the small wins. You know, like I ate good this meal, I ate good today. This has now been a week, you know, and But people again you're fighting like the the seven minute abs the beach body workouts you know like all that kind of stuff and it's it's hard because there's no long-term success in any of those strategies
1: no there's none why it's good to actually set this certain goal to tour to you know because you need to have a goal and it it is important to have a time bound it is important but the fact that you have to really think every morning when you wake up to start your day why you're doing this the reason behind, that's the most important. If this is only just to take a picture and put it on the Instagram, uh, I don't know how long you're going to last long. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be some people's accountability system, though. Yes. Like,
0: you know, right? But again, is it like, did you put a filter on it? Did you not put a filter? Did you starve yourself for two days before you did it? You know, like, it's just that's the funny world that we live in now, right?
1: Right, exactly. So that's why I, where I come from. And I really believe... Um, when I even practice, I tell my client, you work with me three months. It doesn't mean, oh, i solved everything. The first month, of course, everybody, they get result, right? At the beginning. And after it, they feel like they slow down, you know, the process, progress. But the thing is, I tell you one thing. When my client a little bit, they go, hmm, I don't see really, I see the result. Then I sit down with them. I ask them, what do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Oh, yeah, I feel way better. I have more energy. Okay, how about your afternoon? Do you feel sluggish? No, not anymore. I have a sustainable energy. Oh, how about, do you sleep better now? Oh, my God, Veronica, I don't know what you did to me. I sleep like a baby.
0: It's the CBD oil. You slipped to their cucumbers.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> right there, you're already, you're getting results. And yes, you lost, let's say, 15 pounds. But here's the thing. See how you feel. And when you wear clothes, how it fit right now. That's the result. And then look back before you start with me. How did you feel? And what was your weight? They go, oh, it's true. How, did you, how long did you carry that your body weight? Seven years, 10 years? OK, we did only one month. It's like, uh, is it tough and it's hard for you to continue to go? Can you accept this one as a lifestyle if they cannot answer they want to see the just short term just to fix this one and then get out then i tell in advance um you can't maintain this one down the road you will go back to where you're at or maybe it gets worse even Yeah, know
0: what i try to challenge people with it, if if it took you five years to get to this place today yeah would it be equally as justifiable to take five years to get out of it if you just looked at it like a cut and dry system like that, you know, if it if this was a long term unintentional plan to mm-hmm. get you this, could it be the same strategy coming out? You know, we're again it's getting people to think a little bit more long term than just that short term time period.
1: Absolutely, I can even answer that with the um, based on science study. At least our microbiome change every three months, our blood change every hundred twenty days that's why it come from like a 20 or 12 weeks in you know, a challenge and so on uh but really brain to register and to train your brain and adapt as a lifestyle it takes more than six months just repeating same things. so right there if people want to fix seven days 21 days or three months i'm sorry you're gonna actually look a little bit more longer and that way okay you can work with me a little longer too <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know the a,
0: a way that I always approach it too with people is that when you find a system that works no matter what that system may mm-hmm. be you know whether you're talking like keto carnivore mediterranean whatever works for you fantastic but when was the last time you thought about what you ate in a day or thought about the meals because I find when people don't think about it anymore mm-hmm. that's when the changes actually happened when it's just everyday life now but when you're still thinking about the meals when you're still thinking about the plan you know, all like it hasn't really changed yet you know and that's where it's like and you can't put a time frame on that if it happens in 7 days fabulous if it happens in 7 years you got to be at peace with that too because until that transaction happens it's not organic like it's not going to be in you it's not going to be ingrained in you yet to be able to do that
1: that's exactly this uh William um, thank you for Bring that one because I tell clients this way do you still think about food do you think you're fighting with the food Then you gotta you know stick to a little more longer to see because at my point I was like that I was obsessed with the food in the beginning when I was starting start doing diet and all these things and the day I can tell my student oh I'm free because I don't think about food anymore
0: yeah that and it's like you know the one of the big parts behind it too is when when people are looking at like you know the essence of like being free you know and not realizing like how addictive a lot of these you know these foods that we're addicted to is it's clearing that out and just allowing yourself to you know get past the addiction of a lot of these foods that Mm -hmm. we consume in western Mm -hmm. culture and I know I talk about it extensively with people all the time and I think it should be absolutely criminal that all these big food companies are allowed to be able to hire clinical psych- psychologists in their RD departments to be able to come up with foods that are so highly addictive when they are costing our society hundreds of billions of dollars like it, it's it's intense like I just I really don't think it's that.
1: over two trillions yeah yeah last year two thousand seven eighteen. yeah yeah.
0: You know, so you pay somebody $250,000 a year to be able to come up with products that people can't walk past in a store to eat because they smell it, they look at the box, all these kind of things, and that's the result.
1: That so at the end of the day, it's all individual. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's your mindset, whatever you do. Let's say, Blake, you give me an amazing kick-ass plan so I can follow, and I provide an like amazing nutrition plan. It's up to the person to do it. in order to actually follow you need to have that mindset so once person who has a mindset and then they start oh there's no stop they continuously improve so it's all about the uh, how you look at it your life is are you going to be uh in charge for your health or are you just going to follow other people what they do so that's understanding
0: what your reward is too like like i i authentically in my life feel my reward is if i get up at four or five o'clock in the morning, I want to feel good. If I want to go on an hour hike or five hour hike, I want to feel good at the end of that. I don't want my reward to be a drink when I come home from work or going to Baskin Robbins and getting an ice cream. Like, you know, like shifting our rewards because people still use food and horrible food as a reward system for, oh, Johnny, you went outside and ran, that's great. Let's go to the beach and get ice cream. Well, why not just go to the beach and play? Right. You know, like, why does it have to be like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have those things, but it's just when you build that reward system and, and, you know, like that's just how people think and that's how now they perceive food, that's really hard to break.
1: Right. Absolutely. And so for me until now, I talked to you about my bio mm-hmm. and I missed actually one piece is that after when I did the many shows, that after my um, 2015, I did my last show in Las Vegas for um, WBFF Professional Figure Show. And I'm really happy. All the show that I did, I gave 100%. And luckily, I got always a good place, which is really good.
0: Yeah, how did you do? Like, give us a little breakdown on, on your shows, your competitions. Like, How did you place along the way when you, were, when you were going through all these shows?
1: Oh, my first show, I didn't do well, my opinion. I went to United States first. I don't know why I went to bigger show before I started small show. <laughs> I went there. It was about over hundred ninety five competitors. Oh wow! I'm talking about my category it was bikini. Yeah,
0: that's
1: and a big show. Yeah, there was like a two days. They actually separate, and I had no idea. I'm like, I'm just. A, it is what it is. I just did it, um, and it was very expensive too. I have to pay for everything right mm-hmm. so flight and a hotel and then I saw that oh my god I got into top 20 so I have to stay another extra day so I'm like if I'm not gonna win I'm wasting my money that was my thinking but I enjoy it too so I did it my first uh, show I was I played a uh, place the 18th and then I got home from there uh, I couldn't stop thinking about because it's it's in my blood when i do something i got to win <laughs> very competitive so i got to win sounds like it i got to win i'm going to do this one i research massively in montreal quebec who is the best top notch coach and i even like buy new cars to drive all the way to like one and a half hours just to meet the coach i did everything i can and from there that's dedication yeah absolutely all uh, oh, my life is, it depends on this competition because i have to win to get out do you feel sister. like
0: having that kind of dedication, just that, that mindset has a lot to do with how you were raised and you know your father being into martial Absolutely. arts? Absolutely.
1: Yes. And I very focused. much like
0: a part of Korean culture too?
1: Yes. Yeah. I focused. And there's no excuses. I decide to do it, I sign for it, I make it happen. And from there non stop competing. Oh wow. Like there's a, so, another big show I get in. First my figure show. Yeah, I got the overall. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and then after that, Miss Montreal, and then after Quebec show, I got the over- overall. Yeah. So I was going like one after the other, yeah, winning and winning and winning. To so like seventy nine pounds to
0: eighteenth, yeah. and then yes. to yeah Miss Montreal placed yeah, yeah, that's
1: crazy. Good yeah, when I won the Miss Montreal, I was a hundred or two pounds on stage. On stage, wow. Yeah. And then when I went to Quebec. And I really
0: hope that when people are listening to this, they can understand. That's why I referenced it too in the beginning stage weight versus just walking around every day weight. Because for somebody who was 79 pounds walking around every day, if that person would have walked on stage, she would have been less than 79 pounds theoretically
1: yeah, get it yes if you reduce all this body fat and right. water right yeah but you have to work hard As and then now big, you're
0: 102 pounds yeah killing it, it
1: yeah it's hard to actually reduce the body fat but same thing to gaining muscle mass it's hard yeah it's a lot of work you have to dedicate like you know this is what you gotta eat this is what I have to train you just have to do it and after winning the this show and same time, I was keep on going back to school, learning more nutrition, practice with a client, and then I found this is it. So many people have a problem after the show. With just regular people, we talk about yo-yo diet, right? Mm-hmm. You gain 20 pounds, and then after you go back to your old habit, you gain 20 pounds plus interest, mm-hmm. so you become 22, 23 pounds, and then you don't feel good, you go back again, diet, you know, and the back and forth. Exactly, most of the competitor they doing the same thing.
0: And we know that the body is genetically predisposed to doing that because it understands those famine states and it wants to go back and then gain that little bit more because it's going to trigger that famine state again the next time. So that's why that yo-yo dieting is so hard and everybody gains more weight is because genetically like our bodies will do that because that's what they're designed to do.
1: Yes, and same time also you slow your metabolism, right? Every time when you reduce your extra body fat, at the same time what happened? that means you reduce a certain hormone. I don't want to get into the hormone name yet, but that also reduced as well. So then what happened? even though you eat the same calorie, you gain and plus extra. So that's how it works. Exactly the same as the competition people. They lose and they gain, they lose and they gain. So that's come down to why I actually study about hormone, and I study about all the organs and gland, their function. And it's fascinating, it's unbelievable how our body, they can, you know, heal itself. But there's a point that it doesn't have it anymore. You can just, you know, like, uh, there's a point that actually, let's say from the zero to five, you abuse your body, back and forth and stuff like that. Body still can recover, can heal can you get better but then after more and more you keep on doing that at one point the body just give up oh, i did everything i cannot do anymore that's why people start to getting into those conventional medicine and they take a medication one after the other and they get side effect they get more medication they change the medication they have a poor quality life and just in the simple answer to that all is
0: it's because they just want the quick, easy fix. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Yeah. I the one thing that always just fascinates me is thousands and thousands of years ago, mm. people understood the body far better than what we do now.
1: Oh yes, tell me about it. And so, and
0: <laughs> before there was labs to work in, and you know, blood work to draw, and you know, just you know everything that we know now, and that just goes to show, in my mind, how we always just chasing this thing that's always better always easier but we're mm-hmm. actually just breaking the wheel along the way
1: oh yes and back in the day our ancestors they didn't have Google no. they didn't have anything no they just uh, you know live with the nature it's the same thing as um, other plant and uh, animal the environment is so important the back in the past the environment now is two different story we're living the this environment that the air the water, the food, and lifestyle, everything is completely different. And back in the day, we didn't have barely, I can see, gym. Now the gym is corner to corner everywhere. People do exercise all the time. Everybody have their keychain, they have a gym membership. Then why people get sicker and sicker and fatter and fatter? Please tell me about it. Why is that? It's all come down to your lifestyle. There's no quick fix. There's more easy way out. There's no secret
0: but even like i was watching i was waiting for somebody yesterday and like across the street and you know up a few levels in this condo building there was this this person working out and you know she was on an elliptical machine and like the only thing that i kept thinking the whole time that i was watching her and i'm like you would probably almost burn more calories if you just laid in bed like she was going so slow and you know arms on the side and I don't even know if the machine would have been on. He says, you know, like, you have to power those <laughs> machines from the to stay on. And I kept thinking, I'm like, is that machine even on? Because I know how fast you have to right, go to get yeah. these machines to turn on. I'm like, I bet if I went up there that that machine wouldn't even be on. Oh, but, like, okay. but again, the reason why I bring that up is because even when people go to the gym and they're just like, I go to the gym, I'm not getting these results, I don't know why. And it's like, well, you are fundamentally walking into a building.
1: Mm-hmm. But what you're doing when you get there. Your body has so much more potential than that oh let's talk about this one do you do you notice that because uh since like it's been over 20 years I'm back and forth at the gym check in and check out i realize people when they go to the gym the members they try their best to drive closest to possible in entrance toward the gym they don't want to walk mm-hmm. and i go why you bother come to gym you don't even want to walk that's forced the thing. See, and the funny thing is, I always used to say is excluding like um, assisted
0: parking, you know, right at the very, uh, very entrance to everything. I always say the first 30 spots of any place outside of the handicapped parking should be allocated to people who go to the gym. Because so I'm just like, I've already paid my dues. Everybody who needs to walk, you park at the other end of the parking lot because you need that exercise. I'm like, I've already worked out, like, two hours today. I need to park closer to the front of the door because I want to go work out some more. You know, so it's it's funny, right? It's just, but all those things, like, I totally understand what you're getting at. It's just, you know, I always kind of looked at it. It's funny. It's like the... I believe, like, the parking spot should be based on, like, BMI or body fat percentage or something like that. <laughs> like, if you're the closer you are, the, the more that you can go or park closer to the door, you're into. something funny like that, right? right? The, so, the base, can yeah. like, when
1: people go to the gym, what they do, they want to show how heavy they can do squats. They want to show how they can heavy, can press the leg press. But I'm sorry, you can't even put it back towards the plates.
0: That and, or, um, like, you're bending,
1: you're like, you have, like, a
0: 10-degree deflection at your knee on that leg press, and I'm I like... Know oh come on like let's just take half that weight Mm -hmm. off and let's go through a proper range of motion and let's see if you can do it but yeah it it is right
1: yeah so those are things that really they need the proper education even the working out at the same time goes the same thing when I actually give to my client the plan and then when I do the coaching session it's all about education because down the road I don't want to hold their hand Mm -hmm. I want to provide all the tools for you and find the right routine and plan for you From there, you need to learn all those things, why it works for your body, and then you can continue, make it that as a lifestyle to go. So education pieces are so important. Either you do exercise or you food and anything. And some people, like I do like crazy work, I do cardio for an hour. You know, some people look like they can actually already run for the entire BC. They do cardio every single day. Then why you cannot lose weight? then maybe it's not the exercise, maybe something else. And so when you come down to some of my clients, I even tell them, don't do exercise from now on. It's weird, right? Mm-hmm. You wanna lose weight? Don't do exercise, don't do cardio at all. I make them stop going to the gym. Just focus on herbs and food and vitamins and make, make them do more meditation and release their stress and balance their circadian rhythm so they can sleep at night properly so those people are actually suffering from the adrenal fatigue. So then that's way actually better than go to the gym doing one hour cardio. So people need the really proper guidance. So everyone is different. So you cannot just put like a 10, 20, 30 people in the one room. Yeah, now we're gonna do like, you know, seven days, the bikini body, jump, jump, jump. Some people can't. So that's why it's so important individual individualize all this plan and for find that their lifestyle, that's what it. do.
0: Well, I, and you know, like a lot of people don't know the research, or not exposed to research that you actually can lose more body fat by getting a proper sleep and not doing cardio. Because it's now, Absolutely. correct me if I'm wrong, but listed as, you know, like the most beneficial way to be able to lose body fat is just increasing your quality of sleep, mm-hmm. you know, over going to the gym doing cardio or even changing your diet. Obviously, they're all pieces of the puzzle, but they say that, you know, the this sleep quality plays such a huge role in all
1: Absolutely, it. while you're sleeping, it's not only burning your fat, because when you actually, uh, that time, same time, your gross hormone level goes up, that's fat burning hormone. At the same time, because think of this way, uh, our bodies just like other animals, other plants. It has to go with the rhythm. Everything works with the ratio, ecosystem. But if, let's say, you produce so long time, your uh, stress hormone, and it's good. Stress hormone actually very good for you for the short term. Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning, it's supposed to be really high. So you have some energy, you go, go, go. And then afternoon and night, it's, well, more and more, it's kind of reduced. So you can have a good night's sleep. So that's how it works in the body. But what happened is they everybody gets stressed. By the way, body doesn't know if it's a good stress or a bad stress. They take everything stress. So over the period, if you don't manage that, what happened, your stress hormone is so high all the time and they, it kind of reversed what happened at night it become high. in the morning, it's low. So what happened to people when they get out of bed? I'm so tired. I cannot get out my bed. And then what happened? They tired, low energy and go to evening time, they start to picking up the energy. Then what happened? They don't sleep properly. So when you're not sleeping, what happened? How Please, your muscle are going to heal or how you're going to organ and all, those, all the liver, kidney, other organs while you're sleeping, they repair. So you have to pamper all those organ by sleeping. And the people, they don't really uh, emphasize how important the sleep is. And I tell nutrition is important, I always put the second thing is sleep. And then yes, exercise is important. It's like brushing your teeth. Brushing teeth are healthy for you. So doing exercise, is important every day. So it has to just come in naturally because, uh, Blake, when you wake up in the morning, when you brush your teeth, do you really analyze and think about it? Ah, today I'm gonna brush my teeth from maybe from right side on the top. Have we ever thought about it?
0: <laughs> Tiny little circles here, long strokes there. Okay, switch <laughs> now to the other side. 30 seconds top inside 30 seconds top bottom side yeah yeah but it goes back to all those things that you know like that we should be doing and not focusing on you know like yeah. how you're eating like, we should just be right. eating healthy and not thinking about not putting so much emphasis on and you know I know a question that I get all the time from people is the how much exercise should I be doing and why do people have to exercise so much now and it's like well our baseline comparison to that is you know people feel as though they're exercising with anything over just not sitting in a chair mm-hmm. and it's just like well our bodies have been in motion in a kinetic state, like our, since our existence, you know, mm-hmm. like the entire time we've been on this planet, we just now are taking that away from ourselves. So of course, yeah, you might've been able to get away with like three days a week of exercise before and mm-hmm. then turn into four and then turn into five and then right. turn into so Like just movement in general, it doesn't have to be, you know, anything substantial. And that's why like our consecutive day challenge at WRI is that not that, you have to work out seven days a week, but uh-huh. banking days where you've done something, you know, where you can meditate one day, you know, you could roll one day, you could work out one day, you could prioritize your nutrition one day. It's like just all these little things that push you towards a more healthy and active lifestyle for your mind and for your body.
1: Yes, everything counts. I always believe there's the five pillars to maintain health and actually improve your health. Number one, nutrition, sleep, and exercise movement our body is meant to move you have to move your body it's a movement and what else I was trying to think of how
0: you'd break that down to the second two yeah enlighten me fill me in what are the other two
1: uh, last two is like a mm-hmm. detox mm-hmm. we didn't have this one detox in the yeah. past but now, every single day you actually accumulate the toxin from outside the environment, either it's externally or from the food, from the air, from the water, so you have to detox. But natural way, I'm talking about. Not those powder you have to buy and mix with water and drinking, no. That's Are you natural sure? It's a oh, lot no, easier to no, do no, it No, though. no, no, like- no, that's not a detox. Anything processed in the lab, no, that's not a detox. And final thing, the most important, I think all the listeners right now, they have to pay attention. This is the key for your success. Accountability, support. So come into this podcast, listen all the time, motivate yourself, get inspired from other people. That's what you have to do and keep going. You have to stay with the people that support you and you can support others. That makes down the road you're gonna have a successful.
0: You know, and that, that is a very key point of this entire podcast. And the concept of it is that, you know, like what we're, what we're doing and what we're talking about isn't abnormal. What the normal is now is abnormal. We need to get back to what is normal. Like yes. you said, like we are meant to move. We are meant to eat just within inside of our environment. We're not, you know, meant to eat bell peppers from Spain and then, you know, bananas from Ecuador. Like that's no. just not how we should be consuming our lives or living our lives. You know, like we need to get back to who we are as a species, you know, who we are as people and saying, okay, we need to change things before it's too late because we are very much at that apex right now where our health and you know, mentally and physically is just on the downward spiral in a very bad way.
1: That's it. So we can actually fight with the these big guys but we can help each other. Mm-hmm. Start from you and start from me. And gather with the friends and client and podcast listener so we gather together what we believe and then we can actually share with others and then we encourage others to actually go that route mm-hmm. that's what I believe because uh, um I want easy things too I wish when I wake up everything is already ready of course it's easy but then I always see the result this going to help add health for my, this one, or if I take this pill, it's gonna help for my, uh, you know, beneficial for my health. I think about it because anything that ingests in my mouth and they get into my system, I'm the owner. I'm I'm in charge. So it's everyone, it's my decision. So everyone have to think that way because other people are doing it, so you're doing it, it doesn't work that way. So you have you have to be in charge for your health and you have to have your ownership. That's what I believe. So for me, the down the road, yes, we have to look at the hunter-gatherer, or we have to look at all those vegan or the people, meat-eaters. But down the road, in the end, what was it? Whatever is available, they ate.
0: You know, this, And this goes back to like, the point that we were talking <laughs> about before. Is, you know, like, and I, I really feel like a big part of you know, marketing these days too, is, is telling people that being healthy isn't easy it's not easy it's hard it's gonna take a lot of work to be able to get here and it's like it does because of where we're at but it really should not be you know and like where you're saying who we've always been is a, is a species we might have been vegan for a day a week or a month or six months yeah. and then we might have been carnivore for a day a week yeah. it was what was available to us at that yeah. time did the winter last longer this year was you know spring summer fall longer this year was mm-hmm. there? a herd of whatever migrating through where we lived at higher numbers that year like all of these things came into factor and i think that when people try to define themselves as a singular way of eating like i'm only vegan i'm only carnivore you know like it might be great right now but they all have our deficiencies but if you look at it as a whole and how people evolved and how we got here today that We've always had variety. Like, and we've never stuck to one specific way of eating or one specific diet plan. So why
1: should we now? And it's just a system set to fail. Absolutely. That's the ecosystem. Just like our gut health. All this is the trillions of bacteria, they work with the ecosystem. So there's the good bacteria and the bad bacteria, right? And this day, all those processes, why do people avoid the sugar? Why do people avoid the carbohydrate? Because it's feeding certain bad bacteria. And then vice versa, for instance, not eating vegetable, high dense those fibers and all this phytonutrient that people don't like to have. That's just feeding the good bacteria. So if you don't feed the good bacteria in your system, they are going to starve and die, then don't tell me why you, don't, you are not well, because you feed yourself the certain wrong food. So it's very simple. Just have the right food and the feed the right nutrients for your body cells. And your cells gonna thrive you have a better energy and you are not going to have problem with even weight issue it's supposed not to have problem
0: you know and like sati- satiation levels you know yeah. it's you know when you're eating something like you know my crush is you know, something that i hopelessly get addicted to sometimes is like the yellow bag m m's i hate myself for it every time i go into those rabbit holes but you know i can eat those things you know versus just like everybody else you only can eat so much meat you only can eat so many vegetables before we become satiated so it's like you know getting back to that point too, where you know we don't need the abundance that what we're mm-hmm. eating either like you can achieve that level of satiation by eating smaller quantities and just better quality foods
1: very good point i always emphasize uh, not every calorie is the same i always emphasize quality quality I'm, i can't even i'm sorry quality calorie because it has to come from the quality source it's like a uh, just to go by the grain-fed chicken or meat and grass-fed beef, and those are the different source. I know the price is different, but why don't you have just more go to quality, and have a, have a little bit less, and fill up with some nice vegetable. Maybe that's gonna help you better for the long run. So that's what I believe. And when down the road, when you think about getting the organic food and the having source of the great like those quality meats that's actually long run oh it's cheaper for medical care you don't have to go actually see actually by the way i don't have a doctor i don't know if i'm in a doctor
0: i can't even remember the last time i was at a doctor somebody asked me that the other day when the last time i went to the doctor was and it has to have been over a decade ago and people always are just like why don't you want to know like don't you want to get checked out to make sure you're okay and i'm like i'm fine
1: You'll I just
0: went on a five-hour hike up a small glacier yesterday, and right. I'm like, so if I wasn't okay, how would I be able to do that? Right. You know, I get out of bed every day. I'm, I'm fine. Right. I don't need a doctor to tell me that I'm okay. You right. Know, if there's something wrong, then I might go, but mm-hmm. there's been nothing wrong or bad enough to justify me going to the doctor to be able to get a checkup, and mm-hmm. a part of that's just trying to eat healthy and live a healthy, active lifestyle.
1: Yeah. By the way, Blake, I'm not talking bad about all doctors. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just the fact that, right, I'm getting to the functional medicine as well. I work with the doctor as well, but here's the thing. It's just a system. And usually people go see doctor when, the, when they don't feel well. And doctors, they don't want you to feel bad. They want you to feel better. So for them, their system learn, okay, when you're like this, take this one. So maybe it's going to make you feel better but it's never gonna go into the underlying causes. So in the end, even though it's a prescription, it's up to you to take it or not. That says you're in charge. Mm. So it is important to educate yourself on what works for your body. So then after that, even though when you go see a doctor, you can actually talk about your body condition and what's best for you. In the end, doctor gonna listen if you know your body Oh, yes, you're going to try it this way? Okay, then, you know, maybe do that, and then come back to me two to three months later, check again. They will do that because most of people, they abuse their body because the body heals itself. And then when it gets really bad, they go see doctor. doctor. says something showed up. It's not really good. Then what are they going to do? This is a pill that you have to take it for preventative purpose or it's going to actually reduce your pain. They do that. And the end, what people they do? Before they educate themselves, they get scared. So they listen 100% what doctors say. So then they take it. But do they really change their lifestyle? No. Of course it's going to get worse. Because even those conventional medicine, your body cells, they don't recognize. And externally you're giving them. So what happened? This always comes with a package deal. It's side effect.
0: Yeah, and I always look at it, too, that, you know, and I know some absolutely phenomenal doctors and it's not, I would never tell people not to go. I always just look at it, that doctors used to be our singular source for information, but yeah. they're not a singular source for inf- information anymore. And there's fields emerging and there's, you know, new doctors looking at progressive medicine and functional medicine. And it's, it's not only everyday people challenging the more the old school medical practices, there's doctors doing it now too and that's why like we all need a voice because like our body is this extremely complex machine and no one person is ever going to understand it and no. you know it's something you keep coming back to is we all need to be aware of our bodies enough that we can understand when things are going wrong and then also identify things to be able to help counter that because there's a lot of stuff that we can do on our own where we don't really necessarily need to be able to go to the doctor to be able to fix that. you're feeling a little bit under the weather. Well, that's fine. Maybe you shouldn't have the couple of beers when you get home from work, or the few glasses of wine to just allow your immune system to be able to repair. Or, like try, f- try focus on getting a little bit more sleep, or you know some of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Because what's the one thing when you go to the doctor they say anyway? Drink plenty of fluids and get some rest. Yeah. You know, like how many times have people heard that? You know, like why can't we just do that on our own?
1: Right. Exactly, and speaking of those things, I can tell you this one: even the people get the depression, they go see a doctor, and first thing is like, why you get depressed? Before what happened, you always have to go back. There's always the causes why you get depressed. If it's just because uh, you have some trauma, have some problem. No wonder why you get depressed. You know, now you're going to have some like uh, fatty fishes and maybe you're going to get some sun or vitamin D3 extra. You can get the vitamins. And all those things, natural way, you can actually fix that. So body is very, like you say, it's not only one thing. It's like you have to look at the person, like the whole person, to see it. And then the bottom line, to make yourself feel better, is all in you.
0: Well, imagine how most people would also perceive that information if they went to a doctor and they're like, okay, I need you to eat salmon once every two days and go outside when it's sunny what if that was your prescription how many people would be think that that doctor was crazy you know but all they want to do is give them some more beneficial nutrient for their brain to function properly and then you know more vitamin d intake you know naturally those kind of things but everybody would a lot of people would assume that that doctor was out to lunch
1: well I I get I get where you come from but Apparently, most of my clients, when they come to see me, when you do initial consultation, there is a client that actually they went to see doctor and even psychologist prescribe Okay, you need the extra omega three. That's
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: and then uh, you need to actually uh, increase the vitamin D dosage and go out meet your friend. See, in those.
0: Those doctors yeah. need a voice. And people need to understand that those doctors are out there to understand that there's a difference of medical opinion. There's not, like, because there's so many doctors who still think a certain way, and, you know, there's not... How many doctors would do you think you'd have to go see before you found that one? Just to throw a number wildly out there.
1: Uh, not many. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I was
0: trying to think, like, it's just... Uh, nowadays, it's getting a lot more common, especially in BC, but it's, like, it's still... To me, like if I had to throw a number, I would, I would think you'd probably have to see, I don't even know. I want to say thirty, but fifty seems more realistic before you'd come across a doctor who would prescribe something like that versus going next door to the pharmacy. And I just, I think, you know, because of this podcast, like I want people to understand that there is doctors out there. You're gonna go to a walk-in clinic or you know even like private healthcare, and there's doctors who actually legitimately think like that because they think that's the best care for people.
1: Yes, um, I think we're gonna dive this one deep down the road, yeah. and I believe it's all the same thing. There's a good trainer and bad trainer. There's a good coach and bad coach. There's good doctors and bad doctors. Absolutely. So, in the end, what is it? It's uh, you have to be in charge yeah. for your body. So, yeah. it's important to educate yourself. Yeah, what's the right thing? And most important thing, like I don't blame on all the doctor because when I go back to those like, the textbook and the six years the people study, you know what doctors, they you know I get it, like they proud of their career, because it takes a lot to become absolutely. where they at, absolutely, but the fact that because the system is that you know they you know pre- prescribe all those uh, treating the symptoms, not really go after the causes, uh, that's the problem. But here's the thing, I have a couple of clients that doctor. One is a surgeon, the one is doctor, they're actually getting nutrition plan from me. Mm-hmm. For them it took a lot to come to me to get that plan. But they actually told me we need more this kind of education, nutrition, so we can get educated so we can actually educate the patient as well. Even though well, they have a lot of time.
0: Yeah, and you know, like like doctors are practicing what they know, you know, and I was listening to this podcast probably about like six months ago where they are saying that once something is proven in the medical industry, like the science is there now, it's gone through the vetting process, that it can take up to 10 years to change that in textbooks that they're teaching the doctors in school. You know, it's like how, when you hear things like that, especially for me, like it's really hard to hear things like that because there might be doctors who know that they're not giving the best advice, but they can't actually teach it or practice it because it's not... It's not vetted yet properly or it's just not in the textbooks and they're teaching it in schools and it's it like those are things that are tough because it goes back to say Eastern style medicine. Like they didn't vet it for ten years before they put it out. Like the people tried things and they understood what worked for their bodies and like look at Eastern medicine is fantastic. Like there's a lot of lot of stuff that we've known for thousands of years that we're going back to today.
1: Yes, because I grew up with I'm the proof the person I grew up with it. Since I was born, when all my childhood, even teenager, I grew up with it for the natural source of food, quality food source, and plus like very active to go out play all the time. But I have to come back home at six p.m. to eat, and I have to have a certain time the meal because my dad like trained us like army. <laughs> well, That's and if he didn't, imagine how skinny you would have been. Then he might have been seventy nine pounds. He might
0: have been sixty nine yeah. pounds, right? So that,
1: and then now that I know that. All those food that my mom cooked for us—it's like there's high, let's say, like vitamin B twelve. There's a surfa. There's a fibers. There, all those things, all the nutrient, phytonutrients that w- what we need, and she was providing to us every single meal. And I had—I still remember—my favorite carb was sweet potato, and I didn't get to have every single day. Now I know why, because my dad, he carved me up every fifth day because Friday and night (laughs) he comes, yeah he come home with uh, all those uh, bag of um, sweet potato so then he gave to us like individual one so I love the sweet potato but I didn't get the chance to have every day but I never ask to my parents and now that I know because I'm a nutritionist I will. oh my god my dad carb cycling meal (laughs) (laughs) you know and the funny thing is you look at like Korean culture like a lot of cooking has stayed the same
0: for thousands of years yeah and you have Korean people don't have the rates of obesity and no. you know, heart disease and diabetes and stuff no. that we have here that we've created basically in the last like 60, 70 years.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's
0: like so you can't say that, you know, people have been going wrong by eating the way that Korean people have been traditionally eating for all these years because the statistics are just there.
1: This epidemic is problem because especially dieting and lifestyle related disease, diabetes, hypertension or the heart disease and then comes with even now diabetes type 3 which is Alzheimer, it's uh, insulin resistance in your brain. Now we come point that now the brain, so many people have dementia these day. Why is it? It's a lifestyle. And I can't really come back here again, talk about the related gut health, and then the brain function, and talk about all those different type of hormones, how they actually work together, and how why so important is all those organ, pancreas, and liver. And I can't wait the moment to talk about it because um, I'm fascinating. Like I still study, but like every time when I study, I feel like I'm a new person. Oh my god, I found something else. I can't wait to share with other people.
0: That, and whenever I'm doing research, I always think, like, why did we ever steer off this path? Like, it's just, because it's it's so clear. Like, the path is so clear when it comes to just, you know, eating local, eating, quote, unquote, organic. You know, and organic just used to mean just, just eating. Just it's eating a regular like, food. Vegetables. It was just, yeah. And, and But why did we ever steer away from that? Like, whatever became this reason that that shouldn't,
1: be the way that we eat oh you don't want to go to the monsanto right so <laughs> yeah well, I guess that's a little <laughs> other rabbit hole for another day right you, you don't want to about like, that yeah, yeah you yeah. know like big marketing
0: and you know yeah. bottom dollar and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff but it's like you know i know for myself with my daughters that they will sit in the garden and they will pick cherry tomatoes off the tree they will break off lettuce and eat it they'll pull beets out of the ground and they'll eat it but you walk into a grocery store and they will not even touch it It's like they even understand that when we import these things from halfway around the world and we've picked them before they've been vine ripened or anything in those, that there's just, there's not the quality. There's not the taste. Of course, people don't want to eat them because they don't taste good. No. You know, but, you know, once we have like, you know, real fruits and vegetables, things that were grown locally, we can understand why people have always ate these foods.
1: Right. You know, like
0: to contrast that is eating a cucumber that tastes like nothing versus sour keys. They get this huge pleasure response. Well, of course mm-hmm. you're going to eat this sour cheese or people Absolutely. are going to go there because it is substantially better. But like, you know, a cucumber that you've grown and you watch it go and you're just waiting for that perfect day to pick it and you eat it mm-hmm. becomes substantially
1: better. Absolutely. So here is the thing. Uh, our environment right now is all this media and what's going on it's out there. That makes us too hard to stay fit. But there is still a solution. It's a aggressive from us from, you know, close our, you know, this group, whoever we meet, if we educate them, why it is important to have organic food, why it's important to have like quality source of food, and those things, if you educate them, people are gonna more purchase those things, and then price gonna go down. So regular, just the general population, they can afford that down the road. It start come from you and me, and then from other people, we just have to share the story. And innovation too, right? Yeah. You, know, you
0: know, people are just like, well, I live in in a condo building or a townhouse complex where I don't have, I can't have a garden as getting started bylaws or like it'll force people and developers and city officials to be able to think of things differently right. so that we can have more city gardens or you know like places where people can grow stuff maybe in a condo lobby or you know mm-hmm. just things along those lines where mm-hmm. you might not need a rooftop hot tub you could have a rooftop garden as an option instead right you know we're like reducing the cost of living building a better connection with your food and just having food that tastes better and you know reducing carbon footprint there's there's tons of ways to be able to look at it but again it's just building that connection with ourselves back their our food but like everybody with their kids back in their food and their communities, like communities were built on trading food, trading spices and getting together for big community meals and like, there's just not that really anymore at all and it's sad.
1: I know and but it's still good because now there's like a, for the kids there's a cooking class, yeah. so they started teaching it and uh, because so many people go into those sugar and the conventional and the processed food, now is that uh, people are aware of it so they know that fat is not enemy Mm -hmm. so at least one thing finally (laughs) people start aware of it yeah, yeah you know
0: you make a great point like why why did they not spend days weeks and months just republishing that study that those four scientists from Harvard got paid off by the sugar industry to be able to produce those fake results. Yeah. Like, why would you not stop until every person knew what the sugar industry did and how we were polluted with false information, thinking that sugar wasn't bad but fat was bad? Like, people should know those kind of things that people were paid off to be able to publish fake results.
1: Right. So- but, like, how
0: many people have even heard of that? And it was only, what, five, six, seven months ago that they released that report saying that those scientists lied about that because they got paid off?
1: I up? can tell you one thing. Anything that that get involved, media, and what happened out there, is all about the bottom line. And then when you follow the money, then you can actually get the answer. So it's a, it's a whole different, also big you know, monster we have to chase after. So for me, um, down the road, most important is the people have to understand, like, carbs is not an enemy. I'm talking about good carbs. Yep. <laughs> I was going wait for yeah. you to drop that one in good there. Good yeah. carbs. Yeah. The carbs. The people think, oh, now it's a carbs. is an enemy. Yeah. People love to be, you know, find the enemy and fight. No, carbs is not an enemy what? when it's good carbs. So it's going to feed your muscle. It's going to repair your muscle. Carbs is very important for the prebiotic, for your actual microbiome as well. And same time, the fat. It's very important, but healthy fat. I'm talking about it, right? Not those like high in omega six or nine, it brings up the inflammation, right? So there is a certain fat that's really good for you. Also you need the fat to actually make a hormone. So fat is important. And how about protein? Of course protein is so important too, it's a building muscle block and it is important. So all this amino acid, the fatty acid, the e- every dose little all those micro and macronutrients is very, very important for our body so it's not like a one targeting and then you know like a put oh now it's a carbs is enemy now fat is a friend no you have to educate yourself properly and then what's the right balance for your body yeah yeah
0: absolutely you know and you know based on that same point like and how many people also know that you know trans fats is in that three year stage right now where food companies have that three three awkward years of eliminating trans fats from foods and it's like If they know that it's that bad why do we have this three-year time period but why then also if the government gave them three years to take trans fats out of food because they're that bad why not have a three-year education process along the way or after that fact of saying like why they were so bad what they were doing to the body you know or just how to be able to live a healthier active lifestyle but again it's just sweep it under the rug
1: yeah because the yeah nobody nobody say no to money right Mm -hmm. so that's all I have to answer nobody say no to money Yep. So that's what I have to tell you. Yep. But like uh, for me, the, what I believe, it's been, uh, this year going to be 19 years. It's been 18 years past over. It's a journey that I am keep on digging the one thing that I'm passionate about, about nutrition and lifestyle. And it's been amazing and a lot to learn more every time new study comes out. But you know what, it's, it's great that for me that, you know, like studying and then I found my passion and I can actually change people's life. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. that's my purpose.
0: So I, that's probably like a really good place to be able to, to wrap up this interview. But the, the one thing that I want you just to kind of dive into real quick is how people can get a hold of you. Social media handles, website, like what's the information when people listen to this they can go check you out?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. First, you can check my website makeovernutrition.com and of course i'm on facebook as other people and also i have instagram as well everything's veronica you just put the type the name and also i have a new product is coming out second week of march
0: spill it can you spill it do you want to share it oh
1: or? i'm gonna talk to you about it this is i'm working so hard with my team it's called a fantastic life it's gonna change your life you are going to have this app in your pocket exactly like you're having nutritionist in your pocket 24 7. oh amazing yeah
0: absolutely it's coming up well when you guys do like the big watch we'll have to to kick it off on here and we'll try to be able to plug it as much as we can for you and you know, it was all those little tools all those little systems along absolutely. the way to be able to help make us more successful until everybody gets their own two feet underneath them so um, again, thank you for coming and obviously everybody listening right now can see all the rabbit holes that uh, we're going to get into here and in all the different ways. We really tried our best to be able to keep it about Veronica, obviously until we kind of steered off a little bit, but the reason why that I wanted to do that is so that everybody listening could get a full understanding about Veronica, the knowledge that she has and the topics that she's passionate about because obviously you can hear it in her voice when she's talking. So. Um, Again, Veronica, thank you for coming out to WRI and spending your time with us and letting us get to know you better.
1: Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure.